This is Rahul, and welcome today to the Artist Lifehack Podcasts, podcasts by art professionals for art professionals. If you're a photographer looking to exhibit in a gallery, stay tuned, because today's roundtable discussion features Sebastian Ripson, who runs Gallery WM in Amsterdam, which often features younger photographers, and Steve Smith, a former fashion photographer who worked with Dave Sims in London and on many leading international fashion magazines. Steve now lectures in photography at Nesco Aberdeen. Topics discussed include how to approach building relationships with galleries if you're a photographer, the importance of storytelling to your career, how social media is affecting fortunes in the art world, and the connection between commercial and fine art photography. First, let me start by welcoming Steve and Sebastian. I'm really glad you guys could uh, find the time to connect to each other. I think you guys are a really good fit. Um, and the, the thing I love about both of you guys is I think you've got the same passion, which is um, really for nurturing talent. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So I, I just wanted to start with a really open-ended question to both of you, which is, um, you know, why do you guys do what you do? And you, either of you can start with this. Seb, do you want me to start? Let, let yeah, me start. Yeah, why, why do I do what I do? Well, I've been doing what I am doing for the last, this is my 14th year of teaching. Um, I suppose if I was to give you a, a background, I, I moved home. I, I teach in, the, in the, the city that I grew up in, Aberdeen. Mm-hmm. Um, I studied in Aberdeen. And then moved, I think, in 1992 to Liverpool, studied in Liverpool, then moved from Liverpool to another course in Cheltenham, from Cheltenham to London. I had a successful assisting career, assisted David Sims in fashion. Um, And we we worked on high-profile jobs. So we did Calvin Klein and Burberry and Jill Sander and such like. And then I had a successful career as a photographer. So I worked for many years as a photographer for magazines, ID, Dazed, uh, GQ, InStyle. And then I moved home, 2007, I moved home um, to teach. Okay. I think for me on a personal level, especially coming back to your hometown, I've had the most uh, tremendous, most exciting journey and photography's offered me that. Um, from leaving Aberdeen, and then just going on a, a, an adventure, a photographic adventure, um, meeting the most incredible people, creatives, and, it, you know, traveling, traveling the world. And I, I didn't, you know, I, I, I never probably ever thought the opportunities that presented themselves through photography would come my way as a young kid from Aberdeen. So to be back teaching in that city to, to kids and, and adults who have never used photography for such an adventure, it's very easy to, to teach. I'm very thankful for what photography has given me. So it's very easy to encourage people to, to try to follow a similar pathway, meet some incredible people, travel, and uh, use photography to discover who they are and where, how they fit into the world, but also to make sense of the crazy, mad world that we belong to. So um, 
and and I I genuinely still love it. I I'm very thankful. I still get excited about finding new work. I get excited about uh, discovering how to present work. Uh, identity means a lot to me, and photography allows you to challenge that. Um, so so that's kind of my background. I you know I am passionate. I still genuinely love the subject matter, and over the last number of years, have got better. I think at what I what I'm doing to try to instill good practice in others so that they can just go and have fun with them, you know? Mm -hmm. Could I ask you, do you still, do you still take photographs? Do you still? Yeah, I do. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I guess the, you know, I I haven't got the, I haven't got the pressure of, you know, paying a mortgage through my photographic practice. I, I work full time and I get a wage. So, I take photographs for myself. Um, I have done in the last few months, I've done a few little small commercial jobs for people. Um, And that's good because it challenges you. Well, one of the jobs challenged me in a kind of in post-production and a particular demand in post-production. So it, it, uh, it supports my, uh, my teaching. You know, I, I I was thinking about this the other day. Um, There's actually a new position um, opened up at the college that I'm, I'm, I'm considering might be something I, I want to go into. There's still a teaching capacity, but more management role. So I, I've spent the last week kind of reflecting on the last number of years. And I was just thinking of this the other day. I don't think I've done a photographic job um, over the last number of years where I haven't involved the students. So either as assistants or kind of production people or involved in post-production or if they haven't actually been on set I've used the materials of which I've created within the classroom and I think it's a brilliant way to teach um so that's been good so yeah still shoot um there's work on everythingislies.com so and it's not always updated as I say I get I get a salary for from a teaching role so there's no pressure on me to to kind of meet that commercial demands of presentation of of your work and, and try and uh, try and source uh, right. payment for it so mm-hmm. I, c- I can enjoy a more fine art approach in many respects rather mm-hmm. than a commercial approach and Sebastian what, what about you because the, the reason I asked that question to you as well was I kind of I've kind of seen you I've known you for I don't know six seven you know kind of quite quite, quite a while now mm-hmm. right a few years and I've seen you kind of go to hell and back for some of your artists you know, it's it's not it's not a straightforward process, no, right? I, yeah, I've had my moments. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. So, do you want to talk a little bit about that as well? Um, and, you yeah. know, don't 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 be shy about leaning into the microphone. Just okay, uh, yeah, just, okay. Yeah, just. Um, well, um, you know, the the way I got into photography actually it was it was um, it, from childhood. Actually, I mean, my mum did a photography course at a polytechnic in Auckland, in New Zealand, um, and I would have been around. 11, 12, 12 years old, something like that. And she, uh, you know, as, as a student, she'd also involved me in many of her projects, uh, usually shooting me. And, and later on when we'd moved, when we moved to uh, Amsterdam, um, uh, at one stage, I mean, she was obviously, she was already a, a professional photographer and I must've been around 15, 16 or something, and uh, a car knocked her off her bike, so she didn't have any balance for, for many months, like something in, in you know, the, the balance in her ears or like sure. 
You not you knocked her. You knocked her. I, her I, I did not. I did not. I'll, <laughs> Sorry, I'll, I'll I misheard. Right <laughs> I misheard that. Apologies. Just a car. Just a car knocked her off okay. the bike. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay. And that was, you know, that was back in the day when dark rooms were were still very prevalent. So um, she couldn't stand in the dark. Uh, developing her processing, uh, yeah, yeah, processing her pictures because well, she didn't have any balance anymore. Uh, so I would do that for her. She'd be lying down and she would explain to me what I had to do, you know, developing film and, and stuff like that. So slowly but surely, I kind of got into that world. Um, I was never, I, I never thought I'd get into it, but finally, at some stage, she opened a gallery in Amsterdam. Uh, in 2000, and I was uh, chartered to, you know, bring out drinks for openings and give drinks to people and, you know, clean up the gallery and stuff like that. And instead of getting a wage, I was allowed to organize uh, one exhibition a year. So wow. I, was, I, I was allowed to curate that, let's say. Can I, can I ask Sebastian, was the gallery opened to service uh, her presentation of her work? Um, or, or was it an external? You were looking for. She was looking for external artists. Uh, she started it out. I think the first sentence of the of the statement was, "This is a photographer's photography gallery." So uh, it was on the one hand for her, yes, but also for her colleagues, her you know, the, the professional friends, let's say, uh, the people she knew, people of her generation, uh, all of the photographers that. Back then in Amsterdam, there weren't that many uh, photography galleries, hardly any actually. So she opened it up in order to uh, to showcase that work, uh, the work that these photographers, the autonomous work, so not the commercial work, uh, that they wanted to present the the experimental photography that they thought was was interesting. Uh, so that's what it was set up for, for literally for photographers, for also a, a public that was largely made up of photographers and because we're Polish, a large Polish diaspora who came there to for, for drinks usually. But so that, that's what <laughs> we are Polish. Um, so that's what it was set up for. And, you know, along the way, um, I got good at it, I suppose, at, at organizing exhibitions, at curating shows. Um, and around, when was it? I think 2010, I took over the gallery initially with a friend of mine, uh, uh, another anthropologist, because that's what I studied, cultural anthropology. Um, and our interest was photography that had something to do or had some kind of focus on a social or sociocultural um, issues, aspects, questions, uh, so that's that's what how we started it off. Actually, it was yeah, literally ten years ago, and then since 2015, I've been leading the gallery on my own. He's moved on to to music uh, management, and um, but the question was, Rahul. Well, it's it's. I mean, that's that that's that's the kind of um, that's the tough part of your your profession, right? The kind of the stuff you have to deliver, but then the stuff where you kind of go beyond the beyond. Like when you when you're dealing with with artists, you know, in the in the same way that you deal with students, mm -hmm. you're dealing with artists and helping support them, help them help helping point them in the right direction, you know, giving them advice, listening to them, all that sort of stuff. I mean, that's a pastoral role. It is, know? it is, it is. I was actually the other day I was telling my wife that um, 
um i i kind of she's a psychotherapist don't it? don't feel shy just lean in okay okay <laughs> so she's a psychotherapist she's a psychologist right um and i i told her yeah i often i feel like a psychologist for for my <laughs> artists you know because i mean we sit down and you know they tell tell me their 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 issues their insecurities their problems and i yeah i i engage i do engage because i i do believe in the um what do I believe in? I, I really believe in that 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 magical kernel of, of human creativity that that each of us have have uh, within us. Uh, but at the same at the same time, you know, I, I take pictures too. But because I've worked with so many amazing uh, artists, I literally I, I just don't believe in my own work because this is just so much great work out there, and. I do believe in nurturing that. I think that if if I can be part of that journey in order to somehow open up this 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 kernel of creativity that nobody else has, um, I think that's a it's a very thankful job. I, I I guess one of the one of the interesting things, you know, from the photographic side of things, or from a put it another way, from a gallery, um, you know, how much of your time is actually looking and searching out new talent um, versus the, I, I can only imagine the, the, the huge amount of uh, proposals you get to the gallery, you know, is that, you know, you know, what's the kind of percentage, you know, I, I believe you've got many photographers kind of within your, your kind of agency, if you can call a gallery, a kind of agency, your, your representation. Um, but is there opportunity for you to actually find work that you wish to promote or, or, or is it a constant stream, you know, such a democrat, democratic kind of medium now and so many photographers out there. I imagine, or would it be wrong to say, well, you maybe don't need to work too hard to find people? Um, I think that's an excellent question because it, it really does touch, yeah, a core of truth there, namely that if, if I have lazy weeks or months, let's say, and it does happen, uh, yeah, I can sit back. I can absolutely sit back because they do come in proposals. Um, and obviously not all of them. In fact, the majority of them are, are I'm forced to, uh, uh, to reject. I think that's a bit of a harsh word, but you know, I, I just can't go, I just can't go on with them on, on that journey um because it just doesn't fit our line but basically i'm never shy of talent it's not me yeah i'm just never shy of 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 having talent come in honestly sure so some of the sorry we just i'm just i'm just thinking some of the questions <laughs> that i may pose to you might might um seem quite brutal or quite harsh you know quite mm -hmm. kind of put you on the spot in some sense mm -hmm. one of one of the things i was i was contemplating this morning and i guess it's due to social media and i guess it's it's due to the photographer now kind of becoming even the young young creative starting on a journey they're kind of creating a brand it's kind of polymath there's a photographer a designer and a web designer and and such like what <laughs> you know how much and it's, I'm sure this is a very difficult question to answer, but how much influence when deciding whether you can support a young artist, how much 
do you consider the 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 wealth of followers that person may have or you know the you know people are building up a profile and you know if they've got maybe it's a naive question but if they've got 10,000 followers on Instagram and they've you know they've got that engagement um does that is that taken into consideration or do you do you purely from a, a kind of subjective aesthetic kind of photographic sense just look at the work and go this works beautiful i i you know i need to work with this yeah there must be a commercial pressure to think about um how far that person's reached or how you know in terms of their audience sure uh, it, it uh, i mean yes i take that into consideration but if I look back on the choices I've made, usually that's one of the first things that that basically goes out of the window because um, I'm easily influenced to be to be honest. So if if I see a body of work or a series that somebody's showing me, and you know that person has hardly any social media presence, uh, has uh, perhaps doesn't have uh, the amount of social skills you know, useful for, for, a, for a profession of the sort, in, namely, you know, to go out there, to be out there, to, to disseminate whatever it is that you make. Um, even if that's the case, if, if I do see work that I absolutely believe in, I think is just absolutely, you know, beautiful, brilliant, fantastic, interesting, intriguing, whatever, fascinating... Um, then I will go for it. I, I will. And I'll, I'll try to help that person uh, set up, you know, <laughs> a couple of social media accounts maybe and so forth. Um, but, yeah, I, in the end, the work, the work will probably drag me over the line and, and I'll think, yeah, no, I, I just need to show this because that's what, you know, in it, in a certain sense, uh, the gallery that, that that I lead, that I curate, uh, Gallery WM, it's uh, it's a very traditional kind of uh, space. In in a certain sense, it's it's a, it's a you know it could be a gallery in the seventies or eighties. We haven't really gone along with the times in 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 any really um, fundamental way. So, in the end, it's still. I wouldn't say a white cube, but there's uh, several white cubes in the gallery. And uh, in the end, it's, it's kind of a, uh, it, it, it's still the, the, the main a, presentation. A simple, a simple, pure engagement with the work, I guess. Yeah. So, so for example, uh, to give you an example, the, this, this whole Corona COVID situation uh, has had a huge impact on, on my gallery. We were closed for, for, for several months, um, because for us, it is important to have the photographer in the space, uh, his or her work in the space, an opening where people come and interact and engage with the work and with each other. That's, it's an it's incredible, important, incredibly important part of, of the show, basically. And I've just recently had an opening, um, uh, what was it, last week? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, of our first exhibition since the whole Corona thing started. And we, you know, necessarily we had to, uh, to stretch the opening out and put in time slots and more or less have kind of a Corona-free type of environment uh, as, as, as far as we could make it. Um, 
And it was great. I mean, I was I, I felt wonderful. It was it was wonderful to see people again and so forth. But basically there were like six to eight, okay. Sometimes there were 10 to 15 people in the space, which is a little bit iffy, but um it's it's incredibly important. It's it's that 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 physical you know presence, it's 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 incredibly important for us. So I don't know what, what the question was that I'm answering. Okay, so but I, or not. I, think, I think it was a good question. I just wanted to chime in with my perspective on what other galleries feel as well. And I think um, the key thing is that you're selling um, limited edition prints, right? Yeah. So you're only selling, I don't know, 10, 20, 30, 40, 50, maybe 100, you know. 30 max. 30 yeah. max, right? So for each artwork, you only need to find 30 buyers. So what that means is just because someone has 10,000 followers, it doesn't mean those followers translate into people who are willing to pay, I don't know, 1,000, 2,000, whatever you're charging per, per print, right? So um, a, social media, a social media following doesn't necessarily translate, um, doesn't tell you anything about um, the, 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 the passion that, that, that people who buy fine art photography will have for, for that person's product. Yeah, you know, it's 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 not quite one on one. There might maybe some relationship, but it's. I, I guess the relationship it can, you know, it can further um, enhance the profile of, of the gallery, or not so much the profile, but you know, obviously, those followers and awareness of of the space Absolutely. of the gallery yeah. um, can never be a bad thing, right? You need to mm. you no, need to cast the net wide to to have as many people know about. The, the wonderful service that no, you provide not, it's for, not, it's for not, artists. It's, not, it's definitely not a bad thing. And it's something that um, I want to dig into further in other podcasts because having a good social media presence is vital. Yeah. Um, but um, it's only part of the story. It's, it's an important part of the story. It, it's, it's, yeah. it's, it's, it is important in terms of dissemination, in terms of uh, beefing up your own profile, the profile of the artist. Uh, I mean, yes, it, it, it absolutely helps. And, and I am... Uh, whenever I do work with an artist for the first time and that artist is very present on social media, on the internet and blogs and, you know, is, is, is widely available somehow if, if you just touch a couple of keys, um, it makes my work much easier. And I am, yeah, I mean, it's great. It's great to have. It really is because, I mean, it, it does mean that it's there's a lot of exposure, which is which is basically what my business is in a certain sure. sense. Can I, can I ask then, in terms of, if I kind of jump right in there, in, in terms of commercial practice, what's the, what's the kind of percentage of sales in respect of people coming into the space? Do you, are the larger proportion of sales from uh, a kind of uh, a client list that engage, you know, with footfall to the gallery? Um, or, you know, do you have a, a, you know, a strong online commercial business with a gallery? Do people, you know, do people buy through, through the internet or is, or is it, are you selling to people from your, your locale, you know, from your location? Um, a very good question. Uh, we should actually have, a uh, a much better, uh, presence on the internet and, and especially commercially speaking, I, I, I do believe that and Rahul is in fact, trying to, to help me out as, as much as he can uh poor guy but um no <laughs> our our sales are mostly uh i would say in terms of percentage maybe five percent is sold online uh or via online somehow um whereas 95 percent will be sold uh, through the locale through the physical space 
and in terms of uh, our you know client list collectors, if you will, and just random public, I would say it's around 50-50. I think it should probably be skewed much more towards that client list, which would mean that I do my job better than I do. But um, uh, I would say that we, we've got a few, a couple of collectors, a few, uh, who don't buy very expensive works, but they do buy, you know, moderately priced, uh, reasonably priced works on a regular basis. So that kind of makes up the, the 50% of our sales. And then we've got random people coming in because we are in a, uh, you know, our physical space is in a very good location in Amsterdam. It's it's a location with a lot of traffic uh, and uh, n- not car traffic, which is, you know, foot traffic, pedestrians and so forth, a lot of tourists. Uh, so I've, I've also got tourists that come in and, and buy weird pieces of artwork, which is also great. Brilliant. And when you use the word sale, you make it sound so much simpler than it than it always is. Because sometimes I hear conversations with you about what you have to go through to oh god, yeah, yeah, to to deliver the product that the um, um, collector wants. Right? Yeah, yeah, so yeah. it's <laughs> no, I I have to think of this this one time that um, it's a rich Emirati lady uh, who was living in Amsterdam as a has an apartment probably for a couple of months a year uh, in Amsterdam and um, and she was you know very interested in this piece of work and it was it was it was a fair price so I was very interested in selling it um, but in order to do so I had to jump through hoops I had to go over to her house with a hammer and nails uh, of a, a bore uh, rearrange her other artworks that I'd not sold her but you know I she she had from wall to wall in order to get you know the best position for the artwork that she she bought. Um, I think I went back like three times because she just kept on calling me. Um, I was kind of on call to to do uh, I, you know manual labor basically. It was it was fun. I, I had a lot of fun doing it because you, <laughs> you you get into houses that you'd never get in you know if if, if you didn't. But um, uh, yeah no I do I do have a lot of work to sell. A piece. Usually, it's 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 people that are very finicky about all kinds of little things. Yeah, but what I'm, about I'm, this and what about that? I'm guessing that that a lot of that is to convince the buyer of the profile of the artist. Would that yeah. be the case to kind of to really to you know to sell the work? You really have to sell the artist first. Yeah, definitely, definitely. I mean, it's. Uh, uh, whenever I'm talking with an artist about about uh, selling work, um, obviously that question comes up every time, every every exhibition. And uh, some artists are you know are professional and uh, you know have settled careers and basically they're they're in a good place, so they they don't need that much uh, support. Let's say in that they know how it works, but. Um, one of the things I, I talk about with the, the artists that are perhaps a bit more insecure about selling and, and pricing and, and stuff like that is that, well, basically, you know, I mean, an artwork is is, is great in, on its own and that's, you know, it, it should speak. That is the, the the piece that actually should should do the work, in fact. Uh, we're just kind of window dressing. You make it. I, I try to, you know, I exhibit it. I, I curate it. I try to sell it. Uh, but the work itself should actually speak. But that being said, 
people love a story. People love a story when they have a cocktail hour or whatever at their house and there's an artwork hanging on their wall, they want to be able to talk about it. They want to, you know, they want somebody to say, the other cocktail drinker to say, hey, what's that? What, where'd you get, what, what is that? And they want to be able to tell a story. So basically it is about telling stories. It's, you know, it's, uh, and even, even with the buying and the selling, they love to be able to tell a story how they got it. Like, yeah, you know, I was whether it's a tourist, for example, I was walking through Amsterdam where uh, got into a small gallery, met this guy and blah, blah. Uh, he told me a story about the art. And exactly, you do sell the artist as well because it's such a, so a Such a beautiful analogy, really. Um, you know, because we work in the kind of visual narrative anyway. So that I, I like... I like that analogy because, you know, commerce is often seen as kind of a brutal, hard, cold sale. Right. So I, I like that. I like, I like it. It gives me a little bit of faith um, somewhere that the, that, you know, the, the work takes a, a new meaning and, and a new narrative in exactly. terms of the presentation to the collector or the buyer. And I, I like the fact that the, it's a vehicle for um, for for more um, more engagement, and um, yeah, I like that. That sounds really nice. Because <laughs> you you're, you're asking earlier on. I mean, especially given that um, some of the tools in photography have become more mainstream. Like when when you started out twenty years ago, I remember it was pretty basic, right? We're using film. You're using film, not, not digital. Yeah, but I, I, in some sense, I wouldn't say that was basic. I think if you've... Okay, step in a landmine You can tell you've never uh, been a photographer, Raul. I think if you're... <laughs> no, it's true, you're, it's true, it's true. I've if, just you're judging, if you're judging a, a reverse clip test from well, let, transparency let, let, film let, let, on a light box give me, give and trying to work to out me. if you're pushing and pulling the film a quarter of a stop. Okay. Give me a chance to get you know. my foot out of my mouth. Okay? <laughs> <laughs> I get back on topic, right? Touché, yeah. touché. touché. But um, what, what the, the question that you're putting to uh, Sebastian about what does it take? What does it take to get noticed by a gallery, right? Um, the, and it kind of ties into what you said, which is that uh, you, you have a lot of people who may have ta technical talent and may be able to compose a picture, right? Sure. Right. But um, what I find about your the artists of your gallery is that they have really loud voices. They're, they're kind of, they have really strong stories to tell. The, the, one, the one piece that I remember from your gallery that really kind of still kind of haunts me mm -hmm. was uh, she's a photographer and she photographed a brick, right? And she photographed each side of the brick, right? And then she kind of printed it out at a one-to-one -one scale and, uh, so, and then framed it, but in such a way that you could fold it and then recreate the brick, right? But the brick was from Auschwitz. Mm -hmm. And her grandparents were Holocaust survivors, right? So then when you're looking at it, it is incredibly haunting because you've got, normally when you photograph a brick, it means nothing. For her, it means everything, right? And that, that was just like this. I mean, it's like, you know, I mean, the way you tell your story about coming back to Aberdeen after all your journeys, that's, that, 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 that has real meaning to you, right? This had the same yeah. meaning to her. Yeah, and I still remember that. And I still kind of remember looking at that. And I was almost thinking about buying it, but then I was like, it's it's too painful. It's right, right, right. Yeah. You know, it's, yeah. yeah. You remember it's that? The, the, larger, the larger percentage, I guess, of our job over the certainly over the last number of years is to actually try to get learners to engage with why. <laughs> you know, what 
why are they taking pictures and you know what are they pointing the camera at you know content is key but again it's it's nice to talk about story and narrative and context because photography is in a sense so easy you know mm-hmm. uh, you know now um, you know and so we have to you know that we have to consider that in to the greatest respect you know everyone takes pictures you know we, exactly. we create billions trillions of photographs a day yeah. and um and obviously technology has allowed the platforms for everyone to engage with that whether it's facebook deviant art instagram um the statistics and the figures are, are massive so you know it's all about context it's all about um you know, early sort of young students coming into the college framework, I think often have never really answered that question. And they need to know about aperture and shutter speed and the mechanics. And um, and that's fine. You know, it's part of our, our role. We have to give sure. them the tools to allow them allow them a voice. Yeah. And even when they've got a strong voice, I, I, I've had conversations with yourself Earl, before about how do you then put that into words? You know, how do you translate that into a different language, you know, into the written text mm-hmm. um, to really, I suppose, underpin and support what you want to say with a visual narrative? Yeah. And then how do you present that to the galleries? You know, it's it's not necessarily an easy process. No, it's, it's, it's quite tough. Yeah, yeah. But, well, yeah, I'm, it, it's interesting what you say because um, uh, actually that's that's one of the, the things that I do a lot is I fashion out texts uh, for artists. So either for their artist statements or for, well, obviously for press releases, I, I need to write them. Um, but it's it can be a very, very tough, frustrating process. Uh, some people are... Uh, obviously, you know, gifted uh, linguistically in, in terms of language or whatever, they're, they're good. They, they compose good pieces of, of, of writing. Uh, that being said, I think many, many visual artists uh, didn't become visual artists for nothing. And many of them do have a problem with, with language, with how, how to uh, express, literally how to express. Uh, and you know they do that very well through through visual means but um uh so i've had incredibly tough sessions with artists uh that have you know been basically interviewing trying to figure out okay so what is what is that red thread what is the consistency of your i wouldn't even say message but w- w- what is the consistency how did how does how do you how do you want it present? Like you said, how do you present it in a different language uh, other than vid- the visual? Um, and sometimes it's been uh, usually it's 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 very fulfilling because you know I I like writing a lot. So when I come out with a text that I'm happy with and with, that the artist is happy with, uh, that's a beautiful thing. You know, then then my creativity I can kind of pour in my creativity into that. Uh, but I've also had situations where not many, but a couple, where it's been so difficult to try and express what that artist wants to say uh, that we've come, I wouldn't say come to blows, but to a, to a, to a situation where I had to make the decision, listen, I, I, don't think, I don't think we can go, I don't think we can move forward, you know, because um, I like what you do, Visually speaking, 
But if our communication is so incredibly difficult, if, if whatever I write, you can't get behind, you can't understand, or let me put it differently, if whatever I write doesn't meet uh, your expectations of what you want to express, and we've tried it once, twice, three times, ten times, then it's not going to work between us because somehow our, you know, our language just does not fit. We do not understand each other. We do not see eye to eye. Uh, so yeah, I've had that. I've had like I think twice in you know quite a long career. But but it was it was a it was a tough pill to 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 swallow to to be honest because it's it, it, it you know it's 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 like failure in a, in a certain sense. I, I thought it was really interesting how you uh, you got, you posed the question about um, these you know, two different forms of language. You, you have the visual and how to translate that into into yeah. The- to be honest, there's there's I suppose in many respects there's we get a lot of students that come into photography that maybe have under underachieved in um, in academia, you know, and in, in maybe let's say the science subjects and and also in in terms of English and, and maths and and it's quite daunting, you know, they only need to look at, you know, Susan Sontag and John Berger and, you know, uh, Wells and and the language is beyond them in a sense. Yeah. And and they go to galleries and unless it's very easily uh understood the text, it's it feels like they're entering a a different world in terms of um representation of art. And they can be some of the great, um, some of the greatest kind of, you know, visual practitioners that we've had throughout the college. But it's it's daunting for them, and and sometimes it's it's off putting, and they feel that they can't necessarily engage or or almost in some sense they can't defend their work, and mm-hmm. and and it seems a shame that that's the starting point. They feel like they're having to defend and kind of justify the strength of the work. And right. they're not they're not in a position to let the work speak for itself, mm-hmm. um, and we've got to try and break that down. Um, I think there's battles between colleges and universities, where universities often, and not all universities, depending um, the structure of them, but often students will learn more about the the sort of contextualization of their work and little about the practical skills. You know, mm-hmm. so. It's just a really fine balance. I just, you know, I'm, I'm very much aware of, of the, the two different languages. And I think the art gallery represents that kind of meeting point where it's, it, as we discussed, it's, it's necessary to, for the audience to have both of, both of those languages meeting together. To, to, but like I said, it's a shame when students and, or any young practitioner feels that, that they're having to defend what they've taken a lot of pride in, they've spent a lot of time in. Right. Um, but uh, the other side of that is it's, it's really interesting to find that that's a supportive role that the gallery can help with. You know, the, the, I had a, an earlier question I was going to ask. We, we touched very briefly on um, the sales process in terms, and I, I, I don't mean the kind of the, kind of the hard sort of corporate sales process. I'm, I'm, my thought uh, was around fine art prints and limited edition prints and that whole kind of dynamic. You know, if a young, if I had a young student, a young artist that wanted to 
not so much be represented by a gallery, but put on a show, would you expect that person to to know about limited edition prints, to know about certificates of authenticity, to know about, um, you know, the, the number of runs and artist proofs? Or do you have artists and, and young artists that come in who know nothing and, and you have to educate them and you have to work with them through that sales process? I do. I do. I have that more often than, I, um, uh, than I'd expect, honestly. I mean, obviously, I've been working so long in this, in this field that I expect it nowadays. But I have older artists, mid-career artists that I need to, you know, talk to about editions, about certificates, about uh, uh I mean, things that you would expect people definitely mid-career to know. Um, and uh, it's it's just yeah it's 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 part of that that story. I, I just want to get back to that that language thing again. The the way that uh, you said it was f- for a lot of for some for a lot of uh, young uh, visual practitioners, it was quite daunting to to see you know to read text and to to to, to see the text that had come up on the walls and in, in press releases and statements and so forth. And to be honest, I find it daunting as well. You know, I I, I work with language a lot. Um, for many years now uh, and I still find it daunting in fact sometimes I got really upset when I look at a wall where there's a text on it and it's the text obviously it's about it's about the show and I'm reading this thing without having seen the show before and I'm thinking what on earth is this about? You know? I mean, why does it always have to be about time and space and the way that it's stretched out or, you know, compacted into a little kernel of something? Um, so so what I try to do in my texts and, and the way that I try to talk to, to the artists that I uh, have to write something about or that we write something together, that happens a lot too, is just write what you know just write what makes sense to you you know if if i don't know your your childhood cultural reference is star wars use star wars if you you know if you don't understand susan sontag uh don't mention her or just say you know if you if you really want to in the text you know susan sontag said this i don't understand it but you know i do understand that um so i always try to together with the artist, try to come back to that, to that kind of, um, that gut feeling, that, that visceral type of emotion that, that's attached to their work, that they attach to their own work and, and see if we can fashion out words that, that make sense for them. And, and very often, not always, but, but very often that works well. So I don't know if that makes my texts any better, but at least it makes them that I understand them. And I think most of my public do understand that. I try to eschew like the really, uh, well, honestly, the intellectual references that I do not understand, that I, I, I don't go for that. Well, it helps if they're authentic. Sometimes you walk in and you just feel oh, like it, it's, it's been written by Google Scholar or something. No, no, no absolutely. You know? I mean, I, I have an artist that, that I've worked with several times. It's a Polish artist and he's... Uh, incredibly intelligent like genius intelligent and uh the way that he writes and he writes i mean i've written text for for him usually with him um but he's amazing in terms of language he writes in polish and spanish and in english um 
and but he can quote you know he can make references to the most obscure intellectual pieces of writing from the 19th century to you know porn i mean he he will reference anything and it makes sense it really it really does so i've, I've got a question for both of you um um at, the, at its essence the question is um you know, photographers, you, you do portraiture. There's 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 product placement. There's there's fashion. It's there's a broad remit of things that photographers do. Mm -hmm. And my question is, how does that feed into fine art? Does it make it harder or more difficult? And the reason I'm asking that question is that, you know, and, and there's also photojournalism and things like that, right? But the reason I'm asking that question is very often, as a photographer, you're telling someone else's story, maybe through your perspective, right? But if you're a painter or a sculptor, you're always kind of more or less telling your own story. I, I would. I don't know uh, if I do, agree with that. No, I don't. To be honest, I. I Come blow I me out of the water. Come on, I hear this. I, well, I, I don't think I agree with that either. And okay. again, I, you know, there's a there's a separation in terms of if you're delivering photography for a client's need in a commercial sense, and then yeah, of course, it's it's not your story. You're in many cases, you're you know you're you're making a an aspirational image for a commercial market. Then then yeah, it's not the photographer will still have his style. He'll still have yeah. he'll still have his reference point and his you know if he brings an edge to the work or you know then fine. That's how people get reputations within the industry in, in terms of their, their visual style and that's how why they'll get recruited. That's how they'll pick up an agent. But I think it's it's definitely wrong in in any respect to say that um, the photography is 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 not inherently the the voice of of the artist. Um, you know, I I I did some portraits of um, friends of mine that stay not far from here, um, and a painter, uh, Brian Brian Gorman, fantastic painter, um, who stays just down the road, and I found that. You know, I've been working, I've been taking pictures for 30 years and I took a photograph of Brian maybe eight months, nine months ago. There was a lot of kind of turmoil in my family life, lots of pressures on the family and, uh, and emotional pressures. And I found that I was overwhelmed when I, when I printed the image and I kind of couldn't initially grasp why I held it up as a kind of revelation having taken portraits for years and celebrity portraiture and such like and I've came to the thinking that I I now having reflected back at that period in in my family life the portrait is is me it's I'm presented with myself and you know there is a direct um or there let put it another way there are there is direction within the portrait and then within the time that I photographed Brian's portrait I didn't so much direct him or conduct him um, specifically, but I, I, I molded that portrait and I guess I took a, uh, an emotional, I carried emotional kind of baggage with me that set the scene and the tone and the ambience and the mood, which allowed the particular image to happen. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I look at it and, and I, I look at it almost as a... Uh, slightly somber slightly sad uh emotional portrait of myself because i i have the context of what was going on in my life in the time mm -hmm. so i i think that blows your argument out of the water roll i'm only given i'm only given let you guys i'm only given one it. one example but yeah, yeah, yeah. I, the, the the thing i suppose that i would tag on to the end um of that kind of analogy yeah that is a it's a really really 
um, powerful um, sort of connection that, yeah. that you have when that happens. And that doesn't happen a lot. And I, I guess... I guess for many people, um, it takes time and experience and photographic or visual understanding to to be able to engage with that um, that that emotional connection. And Definitely. it's marvelous when it happens, you know. Yeah, 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 absolutely, absolutely. I, I, th- I think it's what's interesting is that um, I mean, maybe maybe your question kind of also relates to the to the technical aspect of of what you know, of this medium of what photography is you know as a painter as a draw, illustrator drawer and so forth obviously the the connection is is um it, it's a very direct kind of form of expression yeah it, it's your hand with a little tool doing something sculpture it's the same way it's 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 you know you it's a blank see. canvas you start with a blank canvas yeah. Yeah, you know? but also I think you know the 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 energy that that gets channeled through your arm onto that canvas. Um, it's it's a very direct form. We've all as as kids drawn, you know, coloured within or without the lines or outside of yeah, the lines. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, so, yeah. so we all understand that that it's kind of a, a signature. There's there's it's it's easier to see a signature within work. Uh, like sculpture, like painting, like uh, uh, drawing, for example. Photography is mediated, obviously, through a lot of technical aspects. So it's much more difficult, in a way, to create your own signature, I think. It's, it's you know, it's, as you said, I mean, you need to or either go to college and, you know, to, to Aberdeen or... Um, or do this for a very long time uh, and somehow fashion out a, a signature style, if you will. But in the end, it's still the same as looking outside at the world. It's still your eyes in, in a certain sense, yeah? I mean, if I look at, if, if you look outside of your head through your eyes, that's how we perceive the world. That's basically, that's photography. It's, it's still you yeah, looking yeah, out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, what, what drove the question was really um, um, the, the sequencing. So with, with, a, with a painting, you, 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 you create it and then you exhibit it and then you kind of you kind of get paid for it whereas if you're doing a fashion shoot for example um they'll you'll you'll, you'll get a brief right and of course you breathe life into that brief but mm. someone is telling you what to do and that you know you're more or less going to get paid for it then you deliver what you've been kind of asked to do within you know with your own style so it's i guess i guess the question relates though in many respects it relates to the difference between fashion advert if if you take the fashion example you've given it's fashion advertising versus editorial um editorial fashion for magazine where you've got maybe you got more freedom ultimate creative control yeah yeah, yeah. um you know (laughs) if you could you could kind of hit your argument out of the park if you were to interview Tim Walker or or David Sims or you know Glenn Lutchford. You know, in some sense, are you trying to work uh, an argument that you you're diminishing the fine art potential within someone working in that industry? Well, you know, in fashion, we've it's changed over the years. You know, we had a hundred years of Vogue magazine at the National Portrait Gallery. We've we've you know we <laughs> we've had Tim Walker at Somerset House. We've had you know, it's celebrated and the, the fine art uh, values of that medium are celebrated now where, you know, 50 years ago, they, they weren't so much. You know, right. documentary photography was was seen as being 
uh, a medium that was more truthful and would talk about kind of social and cultural issues in society and seem much more serious. Yeah. But we celebrate the creative arts now. And, mm-hmm. and thankfully, that's a fantastic thing. You know, yeah, being yeah. at some of these great shows and seeing the, the creative um, energy that these artists take to particular mediums, whether it's fashion or, you know, or high-end advertising. Yeah. You know, the work's sublime. And, the, and, you know, we celebrate that creativity. It's not diminished by the anymore in respect of what discipline they're, they're working in. Yeah, it, was, it wasn't so much that it was diminished. I was wondering whether there was a, there was a different process or, 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 I don't know, a different mindset that you have to shift shift gears if you're going from one to the other or are you using the same machine but just kind of going through a different I, well certainly certainly from a from a teaching aspect two of the things that um i guess students don't realize as much that they're learning as as they develop um and two of the strongest things they need to develop is is the strength of communication and their the creative problem solving mm-hmm. you know you walk into any environment whether it's a portrait of a celebrity or not you still have to look around that location you have to make choices you have to try and use any kind of communic verbal communicative tools to make that person relaxed or or make, or make them angry or, exactly <laughs> you know um <laughs> You know, so it's it's creative. You know, like I said earlier, photography is is a democratic kind of medium is becoming easier and easier. So, if you have strength in communication and you can creatively problem solve, then you can you can flourish as, as an artist. You know, you you can have infinite possibilities and choices within a location where someone not as skilled within that creative problem solving sees potentially one background. <laughs> that's that you know i'll have to work here that's where the light is someone with, with strength and creative problem solving can look around into that same room and go this is fantastic this is a playground it's a visual creative playground that i can have fun in and, and produce a wealth of of uh, solutions to yeah. that one creative problem with the same brief so well put well put yeah yeah absolutely a brief is also, of course, just a set of limitations in a certain sense, right? I mean, you have to do this, you have to do that, and so forth. All artwork, in a sense, is somehow. Well, I, I, I like what you said about you know creative problem solving. It is very much about that, and you know, you we always have limitations. Some somehow, you know, even a blank canvas is, you know, in in a way, there are limitations there. I think I, I, an interesting thing, and I may be going slightly off topic. But an interesting thing. Um, photographically when you know if I, if I look at my enthusiasm towards taking pictures and the medium and creative problem solving um, due to the fact that I get paid a salary to teach I don't need to be so focused in terms of my photographic discipline I can mm-hmm. go out and I can enjoy things right but there's still a part of me that has ambition. There's still a part of me that wants um, my images to be seen. There's yeah. still a part of me that wants um, people to recognize strength within the work. So, mm-hmm. um, and you want the peers to, you want to be respected by other practitioners and galleries and, and, and an art kind of market. But one of the problems, the fact that I get paid a salary to do what I do is <laughs> that creativity lends itself to me you know, one day I'll be doing portraiture and the next day I'll be doing still life and the next day I'll be experimenting with film and the next day I want to do a uh, a 3D model of something. The next day I'll, 
and it's very hard to to kind of pull kind of focus down in one area and attack um say the art market and attract the audience that fundamentally you would like because you you find that your your work isn't distilled your kind of headspace is you know i, I love making things mm-hmm. now whether it's cooking or baking with my daughter or whether it's kind of rearranging the garden or whether it's trying to fix an old wall outside it's all the creative process i just you know it's it's making things um so i you know that that's kind of hard and i, I suppose we need i i need as an educator i need to i need to nurture careers that are not at that point paid a salary for what they do I suppose that's maybe what I'm getting around to. I have to, I have to not think about my position and uh, the comfort from getting a, a, a check every month. And I have to try and encourage people to distill their practice possibly into sort of singular areas so that they can approach galleries and the gallery will understand who they are and what voice they have. Right. Does that make sense? And, and stop them from kind of tearing things up and trying this, trying that. There's, you know, absolutely. I, I think that makes a lot of sense, and and uh, I, I can imagine that's that's um, it, it can be probably kind of difficult to to because you have to transport from a position of well, let's put relative comfort, right? You, you I mean, you, you you've an established career, you've had several careers from from what you've told me. Um, that's kind of still going on in a certain sense, but on the other hand, you you know you've been teaching for fourteen years, um, so you have to kind of probably step out of a position of of, of comfort of ease in a certain sense uh, and engage with youngsters. I don't know if they're all that young, but let's say youngsters that um, that don't have that position whatsoever, and the world. You know that the, also the photography, world, the art world, has become more complex since uh, I imagine since you entered it. Uh, definitely since since I also entered it. I mean, it's it's become more and more complicated, more and more layered, uh, and you need to kind of um, give them the tools and put yourself in in a, in a space where you can actually where you you know focus on them basically, right? And, and give them the yeah. tools to to carve out literally to carve out a niche. And hopefully, you know, for some of them, uh, they can carve out, you know, a big piece of the pie. But but it's still carving out a niche, and there's nothing as as, as uh, sad, I think, as I've, I've come across uh, people that 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 had done an art study or a photography study, or, you know, and have have come upon a point where they decided it's just it's not going to work. And, you know, careers can work in myriad ways. I mean, there's thousands, millions of ways that what you studied, you can incorporate into a new, new journey, a new way. But I have come across people that have, you know, come away very disappointed. I've seen their work and it's, it's not bad. It's good, you know, and uh, they just didn't work out for them. So it's, 
I don't know why I always all, all of a sudden got onto this sad topic, but uh, <laughs> okay, let's, my let's, influence. Let's, 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 lift let's lift it up. Let's lift it up. Let's lift it up. Right, okay. Right. So um, let's turn that around, Meg. Then, so if, if the artists that do approach you successfully, what do they do right? I mean, is it is it something? I mean, we've discussed narrative and having a strong story. That makes sense to me. But what else is it? I mean, is it, is it necessarily about the way they approach you? Is it, do they, do they knock, knock on the door in the gallery? Do they give you a phone call? Do they give you an email? Do they bump is it, into you at a party? Is it, what, also, what is, is it belief? Is it the strength of conviction behind the work? Is it, um, is it purely on presentation of self? Um, and is it, is it one meeting or is it a series of meetings over a period of weeks or months or years that get you to the point where you kind of go, yes, I want to get behind you and push you? And, you know, because it's almost like a marriage, right? Some some of these artists. It's a relationship. Yeah, it's, it's a strong relationship. Yeah. Um, that's, that's quite a few questions in one. But um, I'd say, you know, the, the last question, um, usually it develops over time. Although, like any any meeting with another person, basically within the first two seconds, you probably somehow, you know, uh, you got a sense of whether or not this is, you know, somewhere, you know, maybe you don't know it cognitively, but somewhere viscerally, you know, that this is going to be a relationship, that this is going to be a friendship or a, you know, a meaningful relationship somehow. So, um, but I never, do I never, I have done, but I hardly ever, uh, you know, meet somebody the first time and I say, yes, you're it, we're doing it. And it has happened. It has happened. But I generally, I like to develop the relationship first because we uh, have to have a working relationship, right? And I need to be able to work with somebody. And if somebody is, you know, after the third meeting, it turns out that I'm starting to feel, oh, this is this this might be going towards a direction that I'm not, you know, keen on. Uh, then I have enough time to 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 put on the brakes, basically. So that that's the the last part of the, the the multiple question um well can i can i just can i ask the in respect and it's kind of tied loosely loosely tied to the question when you establish that relationship and you work with that artist am i right in thinking the gallery then will hold that artist and represent that artist, artist over time do you um, do you no. have, you have you have a list of artists you represent that will be offered shows or or are these kind of separate one-off you do a show with a gallery thank you very much you make your commercial sales from it they make their their the presence felt and their commercial sales and then you you go or do you hold on to artists we used to uh when the when the, uh, when the gallery was set up uh back in 2000 the idea was to represent artists uh i don't think that went very well so we kind of got off that tack and we we basically did one-off shows but since then, um, it's like any relationship, you know, you develop relationships. So uh, generally, we don't, what I basically say to everybody, we don't represent, we will not represent artists. We do represent artists, especially if they're, you know, photographers from, I don't know, Brazil, uh, Poland these days is not that necessary, but, you know, from far off where they don't have any representation in Europe or in Western Europe or in the Benelux or, you know, in this corner of the world, then we'll have kind of a gentleman's agreement that we represent them because they like us. We like them. We're friends uh, because it, very often it does develop into a friendship. So we have a, we have, we do represent artists, but only 
in terms of a gentleman agreement. Um, at the same time, we also have artists here that we also don't represent, but that do come back to the gallery every so often, every couple of years, every you know two or three years, we will organize an exhibition. Sometimes I'll organize a, a group exhibition, invite those same artists back to, to take part in that group. Um, because, well, because we have a relationship, we, we, we don't want to commit ourselves to, um, you know, guaranteeing a show every two years and a group show every year and going to art fairs and, and stuff like that. We, it, it just doesn't work very well within our, I dare say, business model. But we don't really have a business model. We just have a model, let's say. Um, <clears throat> so, no, we don't represent officially or formally, but we'll represent because we have a good thing going, basically. That's, that's how we do it. That's how we do it. Uh, so, but, I mean, there's, there's pros and cons to that. You know, a, a con, obviously, is that an artist can go off anywhere he wants and uh, exhibit anywhere that person wants. Um, and, you know, we lose that. If another gallery does represent, for example, and rightly so, well, then obviously they're representing that artist that we've had in our gallery. Uh, but the satisfying thing about that is that, especially with younger artists, I basically, I, we function, I function kind of as a, as a portal, like, you know, very often they'll have their first solo show at our gallery because we do do risks. We, we're in a position of comfort in a certain sense because we, I don't pay rent. The, the, the building is owned by my family. Uh, so I don't pay rent. To be very candid and very honest, and that makes all the difference. So I can take risks. I can do things that other galleries would have to really think twice, three times, four times about uh, because, well, they need to generate income. So do I, but just less, basically. So what we have been for many, many young photographers, young artists, and we don't only do photography mostly, but uh, is, has become this kind of nurturing pool of, you know, kind of a first step on their professional journey, let's say. And they learn a lot from that experience, you know, uh, expectations, which is a big one, you know, some of them expect nothing to happen. Some of them expect, I don't know what they expect, the world to, 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 to come, you know, and buy up their whole stock. And, yeah. um, but, you know, pricing, uh, editions, uh, what is an opening? What is a finissage? Can we do events? Um, you know, how to generate more interest, how to be, have a more consistent a narrative uh, towards the outside, how to deepen that narrative, how to complexify it, you know, how to simplify it. So that that is a very satisfying part of, of, of our model, basically, is, is, is that, you know, I come across a lot of different people. I have a lot of shows of a lot of different artists, not the same kind of roster of, 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 of photographers. Um, and some of them have gone on to, well, dare I say, bigger and better things, and and it's 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 very satisfying to see. I I, I love doing it because I still have a relationship with them, you know, either whether friendship or not. And sometimes, you know, even if they are represented by another uh, gallery, um, they'll make very clear to that new gallery. So, if Sebastian wants to do, you know, a project and include me, 
I'm in, just so you know. And usually that works well. I've had you know, problems with other galleries maybe once or twice in my career where something wasn't clear. I hadn't been clear enough or the artist hadn't been clear enough, whatever. But um, no, so we don't represent uh, officially. Okay. That's a long-winded answer to a very simple question. No, no, but, it's, it's, no but it's interesting. It's, 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 there's, there's a lot of gray areas. There's a lot of gray areas and lots of um, handshakes and gentlemen's agreements and art. So it, mm-hmm. the, 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 it, the answer is as long as it needed, it's okay, need, okay. Need, needed, needed to be. <laughs> and the, the, the other question I have for you, which, which, which is, ties back into this, just especially in a socially distanced world, how do people approach you? Because previously you could knock on the door, mm-hmm. right? And, just, and they did, and, yeah. they, and they kind of come in. But I mean, you know, with, you know, I mean, I've I haven't been able to visit the UK now for ages because of uh, we're we're not in the travel window. Where you know I have to quarantine for two weeks. I just can't visit my friends. So that's kind of painful, right? So, um, you know, with people not being able to move across that borders, I mean, what's the best way to um, reach someone? I mean, what would you but like? Would you like? Can to- I? Can I throw a second question, and which is related directly to that? In that first engagement um i've often find that galleries are booked up for the next you know there's a program you know even if it's a a public kind of funded gallery there's often a program already booked up for the next year and a half normally that kind of seems to be the kind of timeline that the chief curator of the gallery has already got his schedule in place he knows what shows are coming you might get a little spin-off like one small room at the back of the gallery for kind of student work but would that be the case? So it's a relevant question Raoul's posing, obviously, in terms of how do you make that initial contact? But do you find that, as I suppose from the artist's point of view, the photographer's point of view, they have to be prepared to, to look at the long-term schedule and the gallery's already got the spaces full? Uh, it's a good question. I mean, it, it's true. Um, I mean, I've had throughout the years I've had situations where where you know I, I hadn't planned ahead longer than three months um, which on the one hand uh, was awful because you need you, you're just basically running after you know your own indecisions and uh, <laughs> non-planned agendas but um, on the other hand it, it does afford you the possibility to relatively quickly, organize uh, and curate an exhibition that that just came across your path a few months ago yeah. um but yeah i mean the last few years obviously i've i've had to i've had to streamline that and generally speaking about one and a half year in advance i'm i'm looking at the next exhibition um what that does afford me is the 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 the, the the time to develop a relationship and to to see you know what what kind of person i've got in front of me uh, but of course, and that's, I think has a lot to do with, with passion is I do see work that I become very excited about, you know, so I'm, I'm organizing these exhibitions and I've got, you know, this whole roster, this whole schedule in front of me. And I see this work and I'm thinking, oh my God, yes, yes, I love it. Yeah. And we're going to do it in you know one and a half years. That's 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 tough. That's, that's tough, tough because you yeah, still absolutely. need to be you know excited about your uh, exhibitions I, that are coming. I, I guess the difficulty from a, a from, from an artist's perspective, there's a lot of work happens in a year and a half, right? That artist's already moved on to the next series and the next exactly. series, um, you know, or, or which can be the case. No, no, no it, it, it's it, interesting. It, it, 
Absolutely, absolutely. So these days, with with all this distancing going on, um, I mean, the I just I can only talk about the way that I like to receive uh, proposals, and it's literally proposals. I'd like to have an email, you know, basically uh, somebody introducing themselves, explaining uh, how they came across us. Uh, very often, they've met us or have been to an opening or have just seen us on internet somewhere. Um, explaining who they are, how they came across us, and what they would like to do, and then have literally a you know small series or in a PDF form or whatever form, but something that I can actually literally open up, and I have a feeling, aha, I can actually save this, put it into my computer, and go back to it and think about it. So what I don't, what I generally, and I, I don't think it's great on my part but i generally when somebody sends me a mail it's like hey listen i'm a photographer click on the link to see if we can do something together yeah then i should click on the link because very possibly uh it, it might be great great work but yeah I, uh, yeah click on the link I don't know. <laughs> make it easy for you yeah yeah no no really it, yeah and absolutely it, it, it ties into that physicality again uh, although it's you know it's all digital still i want to have the feeling that somebody's coming in and opening up their portfolio yeah it's a presentation absolutely professional series. presentation exactly. of the work yeah for sure you know they've put in the effort they 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 know what they're doing and I think that was one of your questions, uh, or maybe it was your questions. Uh, you, no, it was actually your question about um, the narrative, the, the, the way that they present, you know, their work as they come into the gallery. Um, and what do I look for? Do I look for self-assurance? You, you remember that question. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and what I look for in a way is is a a very realistic reality-based presentation. So if it's a young artist and that artist is insecure uh, about I don't know, the, the, his work or the way that he presents it or the, the text or whatever, uh, that that person actually is, you know, actually presents himself as such and not overcompensates that somehow by being arrogant because that that creates a disconnect between what I see, what I feel, and what that person is trying to, to convey. So that's what I look for. So like, for example, in terms of uh, message or, or narrative, uh, I look for a consistency there. I look for somebody that's really thought about what it is that that person is doing. Um, if, for example, somebody comes in, an artist, and um, they say, listen, I have no idea what I've done. I've just done this, and it... it grabs me and I look at it and I think shit yeah yeah it grabs me as well it's 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 you know it's somehow really visceral um then I'll go for that but it, it's also because that that person has presented it as such it's like yeah, it's I, an honest it's an honest honesty, um, yeah. representation of, of where they are either yeah as within the confidence of their work or in respect of where they are in their exactly. career exactly Exactly. Yeah, so if, sure. if you do have, you know, a really confident person that is very confident about their work and I look at the work and I look at the way they present it and I look at them and I, I think, yeah, yeah, 
absolutely it works it's consistent it makes sense uh you know what you're doing you know what you want fine but it's honest it, it, it makes it easy to work with mate can i can i ask in terms of, and this i suppose is for the benefit of um of of, of the kind of younger students or students coming through the program because it's starting to become clear to me there's lots of information which is very useful for them and we don't teach a kind of particular unit or project on fine art photography so that's hence the basis of why I would ask but is there a standard practice in terms of the number of edition prints that an artist will sell or is that just depend on the artist do the gallery have a say in that in terms of the commercial revenue they need to gain from you know do you only allow work that can be you know one of 50 or do you do the gallery have a say in terms of the size of the artwork in terms of how it's then presented so it can be it can be um have a greater impact in terms of sales you know if an artist wanted to put on a show and every picture was the size of a postage stamp mm-hmm. i imagine that would be a very niche market and you'd be less likely to want to take that on irrespective of the the quality of the concept behind it that makes sense so honestly yeah. i'm no i would probably definitely go for i i love the idea i think let's do it let's do it <laughs> no no no, we're doing it okay uh, no no I, I i i would go for that i do actually like bizarre strange uh, and uh, creative ways of, of of presentation so if you know and especially if it ties well into the consistent with the concept and, and and so forth so i would definitely go for that um we're not as a gallery i'm not a shark i'm not a uh, you know a hard-edged businessman i i generally what genuinely want to develop um the work of the artist as as, as much as i can help help you know promote it help disseminate it and help ripen basically um so if an artist says well you know i have an edition of 50 for for this particular work or i have an edition of 150 and it's been like that forever um, i have an idea why then okay i'll, I'll go I'll, I'll do it I'll, i won't have any problem with that but if an artist, a younger artist, asks me, uh, so, yeah, I, I don't know about the additions, what do you think? Then I'll genu- generally, I will start off with a, a max of 30. That includes artist proofs. Uh, because, well, I mean, one of the major markets close to us is France. And they have a, a maximum of 30. Beyond 30, it becomes a commercial product, and you also pay the tax for commercial products, let's say. Uh, and, you know, underneath the 30, that includes everything. Um, it's it's considered fine art. So if, if we go to an art fair there, we can't show, we can honestly literally can't show work that has an addition of more than 30 in total. that's really interesting i've never i've never considered never thought of that mm-hmm. um i've never heard of that yeah that's really it's really interesting yeah um do you tend to have uh, a book produced for the exhibitions or again is that just whether that's the you know whether that's the the choice of the artist again it's a choice by default Sure. No, no, no. We do, we don't. But honestly, we don't have a budget that's large enough to 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 take on that. I mean, obviously, you know, you can you can uh, apply for funding and uh, and so forth. But I do have a lot of work to do. So 
and also, you know, many of our artists are, are starting artists and uh, they just literally don't have enough or, or, yeah, strong enough work to actually create a book with. But, for example, now um, I'm, I'm planning an exhibition in October by a young uh, French Hong Kongese uh, photographer. And um, it's his first solo show and he's planning a book. So, you know, I wrote a text for, for his introduction. Uh, but in terms of uh, financing, I, I put it squarely on his shoulders. Says, "Listen, you know, that's that's I can't take that on." So, so, and he can. So, you know, that that way that we did it. Um, but no, no. I mean, basically, if really to get to the nuts and bolts, is we offer space, we offer uh, opening hours. Obviously, we offer a, a, a vernissage, finissage events if the if the exhibition or the theme merits it like screenings of films or you know panel discussion or whatever uh, that's what we offer we offer advice and sometimes I offer uh, applying together for funding uh, or helping the artist apply for funding on their own name but I'll help but that's that's as far as we go or you know if an artist comes from far then uh, they can stay at our house and uh, I'll cook. <laughs> Brilliant. Love it. <laughs> well, um, one, one kind of, um, I think we're kind of heading towards the end of this. It mm-hmm. feels like um, um, we've covered a lot of ground, but one of the things I wanted you to both reflect on is the future, right? You know, we're, we're kind of heading into a world where we've got um, social distancing, um, where more and more interactions are going online. And I'm, I was, you know, I've kind of, I've seen some of the galleries uh, put up events on Eventbrite. So they're kind of more or less auctioning off tickets. So people, they create this really tight funnel. Mm-hmm. So people are seeing things one at a time. Yeah. And obviously in the last four or five years, I've seen a lot of galleries getting pushed out of the center of Amsterdam sure. um, because of the higher rents. And that may actually reverse. So that, 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 that may be a positive, right? So I just wanted to do your thoughts on what, what the opportunities, what the threats, what the strategies might be as we kind of move forward in, uh, in you know, 2020, 2020, 2021. Uh, I'm, I'm actually interested in, yeah, in hearing what you, what, what you think, Steve. Um, I certainly don't know the, the kind of commercial pressures that a gallery might face. I don't know inter- that in, in any respect in terms of rents and rates and, <laughs> and such like. You were very honest in terms of the situation um, you have yourself with the, mm-hmm. with the family building, but... Um, I guess my perspective, I, I've looked in the last number of months at um, online 3D gallery spaces as presentations of my work. There's a good company in Berlin that I, I think I pay sort of 10 pounds a, a month for that privilege to, but as an investigation. Right. Um, I've looked at different website builders, different templates. Obviously, we have the social media channels. There's never been a, a greater time as in any respect for an artist to to showcase their work, to present themselves. And there's an education behind that in terms of successful presentation, hashtags, building up a brand, a profile. So that's really interesting. But um, for me, um, you know, we need people. (laughs) We need people in our life. We need to congregate. Um, I went back teaching this week for the first time uh, since March. Wow. So this is our first week back. Wow. I've been in the building. We've built new studios, new classrooms. 
that's fine. The social distancing is in place. And I, I was, uh, I was really quite ex- not excited. I was, I generally really enjoyed, I'm trying to think the best way to put this. I was really pleased when I, when I came home after the first day of teaching, I realized how much, I don't want to sound pathetic in any, in any respect, but uh, I realized how much on a personal level, I enjoy that uh, interaction yeah. of, you know, and photography for me has always involved um, social engagement. Now, again, we're not necessarily specific to the fine arts, but just in anything that I, I did, whether I worked in the studios, whether I was doing portraiture, whether I was working with, you know, location scouts or casting uh, guys or, you know, casting models or, you know, in, in any of the personal work, I'm, I'm out and I'm out in, in my environment uh, looking and engaging. And, you know, that's that physical tactile relationship with the world and with people is, is ultimately of most importance to, to me, whether I ever take a picture again or not. Uh-huh, uh-huh, so uh-huh. I, I don't know if that particularly uh, touches on what is relevant as an answer, but um, I, um, I don't think I could engage or get the same enjoyment out of the discipline of photography if I became purely a, a kind of techno junkie and, and yeah. spent all my time online. You know, I did that from March up until up until this week, as I said. And you know, there was new skills that I developed. There was new software that I I looked at for presentation of the work. There, I looked at software and um, and different ways of working to to kind of manage the COVID condition. Um, yeah. I've been doing a similar thing to this. I've been interviewing photographers I've never met before. I did an interview with um, a photographer last week in Singapore, I gave her a, a student brief and said, look, what would you do with this? And I've got another uh, interview with a photographer I've never met before. I contacted them through social media, uh, still life photographer next Thursday. And he's going to look at the brief the students will get and tell me how he would approach it. Yeah. So maybe I'm going off tangent, but there's a lot of positives about the current situation and how we can develop uh, our communicative tools and reach out to new people and Seb I've never met you before I've had a, a very enjoyable morning Absolutely. I'm sure I'm sure we'll, we'll chat again uh-huh. but in terms of the gallery spaces I um you know as a, as a kind of as a tutor as a lecturer as a practicing uh, artist I I would hope and pray I can't tell you I can't predict the future but I'd hope and pray that um we can we can continue to kind of sustain as a as a society, these smaller um, gallery spaces, so we can discover new art, we can meet people, like-minded souls, and we can share ideas, and we can enjoy a social drink, and yeah. we can come over and you'll cook for us, Seb. And you know, there's <laughs> um, so you know the big galleries, Aberdeen Art Gallery got um, got a full kind of makeover. They spent a lot of money last year, and it's looking fantastic. The gallery is now open, uh, social distancing measures in place. But we need um, we need more spaces like that here. Right. So I, I can't answer the question in terms of the logistics and how difficult it will be for galleries over the next coming year. But as a practitioner, as someone who who, who enjoys and engages in in fine arts, I, my God, I hope um, I hope there's spaces that I can go and meet like minded souls. You know. Yeah. Yeah. No. No. I I completely subscribe to that. I um, I had. I said, uh, uh, you know, an hour ago or something, uh, we had an opening last week 
uh, on fr- yeah last week Friday. It was the first one since since well uh, actually since March, but I'd been of traveling since uh, November, so it was nearly a year. And I came back so energized. I saw people, and it's not yeah. that I don't see people on a daily basis. Of course, I do, but oh my god, how wonderful it was to see you know some of the same faces as well, and just see them with a glass in their hand and you know shooting the shit. I mean, it was great. It was it was it was really lovely. And uh, yeah, it's it's it just m- makes me think of how important. For us, you know, as human beings, it is to have that that yeah. social aspect. It's it's incredibly important, and uh, a physical um, proximity. It it just you know, of course, as, as you said, it, it the, the 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 last situation of the last few months has forced us in 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 various ways to to connect. Uh, with others through you know through alternative media, alternative ways. Um, and it it has brought up opportunities as well, right? Uh, we do get to meet people that we would never meet before because we're forced to somehow, and that that's a great thing. It really gives a lot of opportunity to to expand your your your, your horizon. Um, but at the same time, just physical proximity to people is is it's fundamental. I think it's existential to 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 our you know feeling of well-being i think yeah so i don't know if that answered the question either no no but i just I thought that these are, these it's are, an important one it's these, an important these, one and i yeah. would i would uh, yeah. concur for sure absolutely I mean, these are these are these are problems that all of us are, are um struggling with that no one really has the answer to yet yeah the whole planet's dealing with it right mm-hmm. it's not just the three of us um but we need we, we need to we need to figure out a way forwards you know um, well i think i think seb's gonna need a bigger oven a bigger stove <laughs> <laughs> I'm, no. I'm working on that i'm, yeah. I'm working on that i i, I ordered seb's, one online seb's soup kitchen let's bring it on feed the world exactly yeah, yeah. Okay, well, I, I, um, do, you, do either of you have any more questions or anything else you want to talk about? I, I, I would say no, to be honest, and not for one of, uh, of being rude, but it's been, a, it's been a great morning. It's been really uh, fruitful. I know that the, the, the friends and students and learners um, that uh, I'll make this accessible to, or, or at least um, make them aware of, will uh, benefit greatly from the, the conversation and the, and the honesty, um, which I compliment you on, uh, Seb, as oh, well, the honesty you. that you bring to, to, to that topic. Um, and, and like I, I touched on very briefly, I suppose I've got the realisation that there's a lot of um, this subject matter that we don't have within the current curriculum that, that I teach. And, mm-hmm. and it's, it's been good for me because it allows me to, to sit on that and think about that and think, well, you know what, how can I, or, or in what capacity will I now bring this whole conversation of representation of gallery, representation of, of, of branding of artists um, into the curriculum to make it fruitful for them as they move forward in their, in their, in their journey. So it's been brilliant. Thank you, Raul, for facilitating this and, and Seb for... You know, it's been great, great to meet you. Absolutely. Likewise, I mean, the pleasure has been uh, my completely. So, so thank you very much. It's been great talking to you. You, yeah. you obviously are, you know, very confident in your knowledge, which I, uh, I greatly uh, admire. Um, and, you know, you're 
really friendly guy as well. So it's nice, <laughs> to, nice to meet you. No, I, I try I, my best. Thank I, you. I, was, I, I knew both of you get along. And you, you, the thing I like about both of you is you, you're both guys of huge amounts of integrity. So well, thank you. Um, thank you, Rahul. It's actually a funny story. When I met Steve, um, he we were I was I was looking for someone to share an apartment with. I wandered in, and he was the only person who played with the light switches. He was like basically playing with the lighting in his bedroom. I was like, everyone else was asking me all these technical questions, like where's where's the power? What's the rent? What's and he's just like playing with the lighting, and I'm like, this is a cool guy. Awesome, this awesome. is a cool guy. So. Uh, yeah, no, but but you know that, that whole thing about having a click—it's—it's it's everything, right? Absolutely, it's everything. Yeah, everything. for sure. Yeah. Okay. Well, thank you very much. Have um, a great uh, and, afternoon, uh, Steve. And you too. You take thank care. You. Okay. We'll speak again. Goodbye. Ciao. Cheers, Ro. Bye. Bye, guys. Bye.